Welcome to an all-new episode of Wrestling with Respect. As always, I'm joined by my ride-or-die partner in crime, my hubby, Matty Boy. Yeah. What in the ever-loving fuck will we be discussing today? (laughs) That is a great, great question. Jennifer, uh, of course, as the listeners know, we have discussed... The past on the show. We've talked about legends, mm-hmm. their contributions to the industry. But today, we're going to take it in a different direction. We're going to be discussing a very important cog in the present and the future of women's wrestling. She is a third-generation wrestler, one of only a handful who can actually stake that claim. This week, we'll be discussing the career thus far of the Queen of the Carolinas, the undeniable Tessa Blanchard, and someone who I feel is perhaps the top women's talent in wrestling today. Uh, she also happens to be from Charlotte. Yes, she does. Like she happens one of to be my, from the Queen City. One of my favorite wrestlers as well, Charlotte Flair, of course. Yes. Um, so anyway, back to Tessa. We're, um, we're going to examine her pedigree and some of Tessa's finest matches and how the WWE missed on her so badly. Yes, they did. Or did they dodge a huge bullet? More of my opinion to come. I don't think they dodged the bullet. I think they fucked it up real bad. Okay. But we will certainly discuss that portion of her career. But first, before we talk about Tessa, mm. we got to talk about another woman. A bitch. Mm. And her name is Dorian. Dorian? That's a boy name. That's a girl's name. That's a girl name. Dorian's a girl's name. No? No. All right, we're going to be talking about a, <laughs> a bastard... <laughs> named Dorian. Yeah. I just figured it was like finding Dory. Like, you know, Dory's a girl. You tell us, listeners. Yes. <laughs> We're going to leave it out into the Was Hurricane Dorian a girl or a boy? Anyway. Regardless. Yeah, so um, Matt and I, we do live in South Florida. So we had to get ready, prepare for Dorian. We went food shopping, got all the... Things of water, got a crap ton of booze. Boarded up the house. Boarded up the house. The whole nine yards mm-hmm. for this storm that, you know, it, it strengthened very quickly. I mean, it went from being nothing to being a Category 5, I feel like, within 12 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it almost went from nothing to something. Um, but anyway, the point is, is that all that ended, ended up not hitting us. Yeah, unfortunately, the Bahamas got just destroyed, yes. so our thoughts and prayers do go out to the Betty over well, of there. Of course, it sucks. Um, you know, we were spared, but obviously there are, you know, thousands of people that had their lives completely destroyed. So, always have to remember that and uh, realize that we were lucky. We were certainly lucky. Um, as much as we jest and kid here that we wasted time getting ready it, mm-hmm. it, it isn't just because you know it could have been a lot worse obviously yes um but yeah that's been our week so far mm-hmm. hurricane pre- preparedness uh, what was your booze of choice for the hurricane what were you i think the correct question is what wasn't my booze of choice? <laughs> this is very true yes yeah so at least monday which would have been labor day mm-hmm. um i got an early start drinking and i didn't stop until i went to sleep so i drink everything from 
sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was, I'm still on my Key West kick, so um, I have the delicious um, Isla Morada beer, Ooh. which is absolutely delicious. So I did drink a lot of that. Some white wine. I'm too embarrassed to say the name, so we'll just leave it at white wine. Nice little Chardonnay. <laughs> And, of course, my beloved Papa's Pilar, which uh, was bottled in the Key West at the distillery. Yep. And that was a whole bunch of fun. And, and yeah, it was a lot of drinking after we realized that we were in the clear. It was just a kind of a party. It was party. a party because we were party. all home from work and mm-hmm. we had nothing to do. So mm-hmm. when you're bored, I guess you drink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, a lot's happened in the world of wrestling also. We For had sure. AEW All Out on the 31st. Um, I had a chance to watch the show uh, via a live stream on my phone while I was doing homework. Uh, great show. Women performed excellently as well. Mm-hmm. Got a new AEW World Champion, the first, Chris Jericho. Yay! Uh, the ladder match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Those guys have no business being alive this week <laughs> out of what they put themselves through uh, in that match and the triple threat match as well um, where those guys just absolutely killed each other uh, and you know going in we knew it was going to be the most important wrestling show of the year and I think uh, it lived up to the hype certainly and I think it does set the bar for one WWE going forward because mm-hmm. uh, we are not that far away from AEW being on TNT. Yes, so they, we are, AEW we are less, effect is, is, is... Yeah, so we are less than a month away from AEW yep. um, premiering on TNT. NXT also. And Tell NXT, us about NXT. Yes, and NXT premiering on USA mm-hmm. two weeks before AEW. Kind Interesting. Of very, it's, huh. ne- it's, it's a knee-jerk. It's a knee-jerk. That's it what is. it is. It yes. is. Um, as long as they don't ruin it... <laughs> I'm all fi- I'm fine with it, but as long as uh, Vince McMahon keeps his grubby little mitts off of that, very product, grubby. Yeah, mm-hmm. we will see what happens. Uh, we also have uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Sasha. Yeah. She's back with a vengeance, kids, and she is awesome. Um, hopefully, her heel kind of ish character will develop a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I'm happy to see her back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she came back as a heel-ish, mm-hmm. although she's getting overwhelming reactions from the crowds. Um, and then there's just, I was mentioned Bailey because just this past Monday on Raw, if you missed it, no spoilers, but it's out there, obviously. The mm-hmm. Bailey kind of turned heel as well. Yeah. With her buddy Sasha. There definitely needs to be more of a, a distinction in, in their heel characters versus their yeah, face I mean, characters. I mean, we'll see what they do with Bailey because, yeah. I mean, at least Sasha changed her hair and she changed her ring gear and has a different attitude about everything but she needs the gothic um, bailey buddies yeah, need, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying she needs to just come out in all black yeah and let her hair down do it up bailey just do it up just go you nuts need, you need a complete 180 from what you're she doing does. now to she be does. a believable heel anyway and she'll probably still get cheered but she at will. the same time at least she'll be showing heel tendencies in her look and her sound and all that stuff yeah, you can't be a bad guy and have rainbow colored bailey you can't, buddies or uh, yelling what hugs, do you call them yeah hug like wacky waving inflatable arm <laughs> like two men yeah the bailey buddies yeah yeah it's still they're still wacky waving they inflatable are. arm flailing like two men yes for all but your family guy really excited to see where that goes yes all right so i got my Nice, cool, crisp pumpkin beer. Mm-hmm. I got my cool, crisp water. Yeah. So we're ready to get into 
The undeniable Tessa Blanchard. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the open, Tessa is a third-generation superstar. Now, while there are more prevalent, uh, they are more prevalent nowadays. The third generation, as obviously, as time goes on, there's going to be more third-generation superstars. Um, you know, you have other major superstars such as The Rock, uh, who is the first third-generation superstar. Bray Wyatt mm -hmm. and Randy Orton—they're all third-generation superstars. Those are well-known names, obviously. Yes. There are not many third-generation stars who are women, and to a fault, I didn't do the research on this, I would think that Tessa might be the only third-generation female star who's actually made it kind of mainstream, uh, but I could be wrong. If I'm not thinking of somebody else, please let me know. Natalia? Uh, I don't know if she's third-generation. I know she's definitely second. She might be third. Her grandfather? Her dad? She might be third. Doesn't that count as three? Yeah, but I don't know who her grandfather, like Stu Hart's not her grandfather. So it's the same mm -hmm. family. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I guess technically, yeah, Stu Hart is, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, that's an obvious one. Okay, yes. so, yeah. Good job, Jen. Good job. Uh, so, as I mentioned, third generation. Her grandfather, Joe, was a football player, actually. He played for the Edmonton Eskimos in the Canadian Football League. Mm -hmm. If you actually consider that real football, I don't, but uh, I guess he's considered a professional in that sense. <laughs> so he eventually went on to start a professional wrestling career in Calgary Stampede Wrestling. Uh, obviously, that was linked to the Hart family as well. Yes. Before moving on to found Southwest Championship Wrestling in San Antonio in 1978. Tessa's father now, uh, Tully Blanchard, famously was a founding member of the original Four Horsemen, alongside Rick, Fla Rick Flair. Woo! Thank you. Arn mm -hmm. Anderson and Ole Anderson in 1985. He went on to great success as a heel over the course of his career. Winning a very underrated heel, also, in my opinion. Winning a number of championships in many different promotions, including the WWE. Tully currently, actually, uh, is working for AEW as the manager of Sean Spears. If you're not following AEW, Sean Spears is Ty Dillinger. Mm -hmm. The perfect 10. Uh, 10. You know, and he was out of the business for a while, too. But, you know, as they say in The Godfather, once you're out, they pull me right back in. Yeah, once you're in that that yeah. um especially when you have family in it mm -hmm. and your daughters in it, it's tough to stay. It's tough to stay away for too long. Yeah. Um so not only were her grandfather and father in the business for decades, but her stepfather, Magnum TA, wrestled for many, many decades as well and they actually helped to train Tessa along with her father Tully. So as you can see, Tessa's pedigree in the business certainly speaks for itself. It's in her blood. It is. It is. Through and through. And she actually made the decision to start training as a professional wrestler in 2012 when she was 17 years old, a kid. Um, along uh, along with training from her family, Tessa was trained at um, George South's prestigious wrestling school in North Carolina. And eventually, she made her debut at the Queens of Combat 2 independent um, show in June 2014. Yeah, and uh, obviously, North Carolina, Charlotte area, mm -hmm. one of those hotbeds of wrestling, as you know, the famous names that came out of that mm -hmm. area, the Flares and, and everything as well. Yep. So, um, in October... October 11th, she participated in the Super 8 Chick Fight Tournament. I love that name. Chick Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Organized by um, ECWA, the East Coast uh, Wrestling Association. And she would win the tournament and become ECWA's women's champion. The first of many. Mm -hmm. And as we will see, you're going to notice a pattern here. Um, 
for the first few years of her career, uh, Tessa continued to bounce around on the independent circuit, you know, making appearances for different major promotions, but basically was an indie darling for... Yeah. Still is an indie darling for the most part. Um, So on November 8th, 2014... She actually debuted for the Women's Superstars Uncensored and was defeated by Nia in a match for the WSU Spirit Championship at Breaking Barriers 3. I like that uh, pay-per-view name, by the way. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, on February 21st, 2015, only a couple months later, Blanchard actually picked up her first victory in WSU when she defeated Sassy Steffi. Uh, she debuted for Shine Wrestling as a villain at the Shine 26 event. She uh, was bouncing around to all these She different... was. She got around. Oh she gosh. got around. Um, so at Shine 27, Blanchard was defeated by Leva Bates. After the match, she and April Hunter both attacked Bates, uh, starting a feud there. On January 9th, 2016, she made her Lucha Underground debut. Oh, my uh, <laughs> Losing to Ivalice Velez in a dark match. So now we get to her short time in the WWE. E mm-hmm. as part of the NXT brand, and needless to say, it was underwhelming at best. So listen to this. She only wrestled four matches, taking a loss in all four matches. She lost to Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, Carmella, and then to Kyrie Sane in the first round of the 2017 May Young Classic. Um, very, very uh, underwhelming matches, to be honest, and the fact that they would put her to lose against Alexa, Naya, and Carmella. Kyrie saying, I could see she's badass, but I mean, it's just, it's laughable. Um, the match against Kyrie was really, really good, but I mean, come on. Um, I, I, there's just no words for me. Um, all I can do is sigh. Yeah. And say it with all sincerity, as Jennifer said, other than Kyrie saying the other three. Um, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Nia Jax, who have all moved on to the main roster and mm-hmm. have had incredible success on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, incredible success despite the lack of what you would call classic in-ring skills. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, they have no business being in the same ring as Tessa Blanchard. I'm sorry. I agree. Google any of Tessa's matches um, and just pick one. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, Google any Alexa Bliss match from the past two years, and you'll see what There's I'm talking no about. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. Um, you know, in fact, I'll go even one further, and I'll say that they aren't even worthy of lacing her boots. Mm-hmm. That's the discrepancy. Um, you have Tessa, who has this unbelievable pedigree. And, you know, for someone like Nia Jax, other than her being part of that Samoan dynasty family that includes all those yeah. great Samoan wrestlers. Yeah. There's nothing there other than her being a monster heel. That's it. I agree. There's As far as in-ring ability goes, it's just night and she's day. She's very slow. She's very clunky. I don't I don't see it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, and there's several stories floating around about why it didn't work in WWE. Uh, you know, from her attitude problems, you know, s- people saying that she had a temper, that mm-hmm. she wasn't easy to work with, to getting kicked out of the WWE Performance Center for actually making a scene. Uh, in 2017, and there's a really good article about this um, that you can Google it um, that talks about her uh, leaving WWE uh, and the rumors that have been swirling about this. But at the end of the day, when you have a talent like this, and you're supposed to be a company that recognizes unbelievable talent, and you want to put the best talent 
and the best product out there, you don't fuck this up so badly. And they really fucked this up. I'm sorry. Okay. They um, really fucked this up. I, I agree with you. Because her- could, you could insert her today into this women's division. Mm-hmm. And she would be the top heel in this women's division by yeah, far. But if, if you have a bad attitude mm. and you're difficult to work with, people are not going to want to work with you. Well, rumors are rumors. And that's their rumors. But does the evidence speak for itself? She bounced around so many different independent wrestling things. Maybe people couldn't take her take her on. Not, maybe she's just independent and doesn't want to settle down. All right. I'm just saying. I, I know. And I agree that her her talent is sick. I, I can't wait to talk about the one of the matches where she. I mean, I could it. see that if she's jobbing, and for the non wrestling fans, jobbing means like losing to people. Yeah. Um. So if she's jobbing to people like Alexa Bliss and Carmella and Nia Jax. I could see her saying something after that, being like, "Yo, I'm." That's true. I'm the prototypical. That's I'm true. what WWE wants. Mm-hmm. WWE loves hanging their hat on the. On the legacy and the generations and the, you know, just the pedigrees of mm-hmm. these different superstars. And she's a third generation female superstar yeah. with a women's evolution. Yeah. And her being that prototypical pedigree in a superstar that they like, it's imagine, a perfect fit. Imagine her versus Charlotte Flair, though. That would be amazing. That would be crazy. There's, there, there is... Battle of the Queen City, pedigree They're both from pedigree. Charlotte. Both of their fathers were in the Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm. There is tangible... Shit to work it's with. It's tailor made. It's tailor made. Yeah. There is it's there's a, a tangibility there mm-hmm. um, that the story is already created for you. Yeah, the story is already it created. Wrote, it wrote itself. All you have to do is tell it more in the ring. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. And they could both tell a story in the ring. That's what I'm saying. If you put her mm-hmm. in that women's division now, she's at the top of that division. Yeah, she's one of the top ones. And I just can't believe that it just got fucked up because she quote unquote made a scene. Like I don't like it doesn't. Anyway, I'll never I'll never understand half the shit that WWE does with True. the women's division. Anyway, so all right, I need to take a drink after that. Yeah, have a Sorry. sip, Maddie boy. Take now a, you take can a, tell how I feel about her as a talent. By take the way. a deep breath. Yep. So um, as we see moving forward, Tessa will bounce from major promotions back to independent circuit on several occasions. Um, so in August 2016, Blanchard made her Japanese debut for the World Wonder Ring Stardom promotion by entering the 2016 Five Star Grand Prix, where she made it to the finals before losing to Yoko Bido on September 22nd. Blanchard returned to Stardom in April, um, where she defeated High Speed Champion Chris Wolf in the first round before being eliminated in the second round by eventual tournament winner Tony Storm. On May 14th, Blanchard teamed up with Jessica Havoc to unsuccessfully challenge Hiroyo Matsumoto and Jungle Kayona for the Goddess of Stardom Championship. I, and by the, I was just about to say, <laughs> by the way, these championship names are so cool. I know. It's just when you get into these little independent scenes, you know. They're very clever. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so back on the independent circuit, obviously, on June 16th, 2018, Blanchard defeated Mercedes Martinez to win the WSU championship, which Tessa actually still holds to the present day. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these matches, if you guys ever get a chance to Google or YouTube these matches with Mercedes Martinez, they are on another level awesome. Unbelievable. Um, so on July 7th, Rise Wrestling had their Rise of the Knockouts cross-promotional event with Impact Wrestling. Blanchard actually won the Phoenix of Rise championship in a 30-minute Iron Woman match. 
against Mercedes Martinez to win the previously vacated title. Um, so an Iron Man, Iron Woman match, for those not familiar. That's right. Um, there's a set time limit, and whoever gets the most pinfalls or submissions in that time mm-hmm. will usually will win. You just beat the shit of each other for that amount of time and well, try to get the most done. Um, well, no, you try to get the most falls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't let me finish my my. Thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still just I'm still just hot and bothered. You about are. That. Have some other sip thing. of beer. I will. Um, so she actually, after winning the vacated title in the 30 minute Iron Woman match, Blanchard lost the championship back to Martinez on October 19th mm-hmm. in a 75 minute Iron Woman match, the longest women's wrestling match in history. If you have an hour and change, go watch this match. Okay, just go. Please. Just do yourself a favor. Pause now. Go watch it. Come back in an hour and 15. We're waiting. Go ahead. All right. You're back. Hey. You're welcome. We told you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So 75 minutes in a ring is a fucking long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you figure the average match on SmackDown or Raw is 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I love the small feel of, of the ring, too. It feels like you're you're watching something out of VFW. Oh, yeah. These independent shows Very are fantastic. Very intimate. Yeah. They're fantastic. They're awesome. Yeah. And... Um, so on July 14th, Blanchard defeated Lacey Lane and Santana Garrett to win the Crash Women's Championship. Another championship. Mm-hmm. On September 1st of that year, 2018, at the event All In, which is the prelude mm-hmm. to really AEW because All In was an independent show uh, featuring Cody and Young Bucks of the like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we just had the sequel to that, which was All Out. So uh, this is a bigger stage now. Uh, Blanchard defeated Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, and Madison Rain in a four-corner survival match. So on September 5th, four days after All In, it was announced that Blanchard had signed with Women of Wrestling, or WOW, WOW, (laughs) and would make her debut through the TV tapings from October 2018. On January 18th, 2019, when WOW premiered on Access TV, Blanchard made her televised debut where she confronted the WOW world champion Santana Garrett, Establishing herself as a villain as the two would feud over the championship. Blanchard would go on to win the championship for the first time on the February 15th episode of WOW by defeating previously undefeated Jungle Girl. R-R-R-L. That's Girl G-R-R-R-L. Mm-hmm. Yes, no I. On March 6th, it was announced that Blanchard would be one of the trainers in the WOW All Women's Wrestling Training School in Long Beach, California. This is fucking incredible mm-hmm. because she's already training other wrestlers at the age of 24 20 freaking four. she's only 24 what were you doing at 24 <sighs> getting drunk passing it on the couch exactly yeah. <laughs> i mean most of the most of the women on the wwe roster now are older than this mm-hmm. just put that in perspective yep so Blanchard made her debut for Impact Wrestling on Redemption when she joined the community team during a match between Kira Hogan and Taya Valkyrie. A few weeks later, after attacking her during her match, Blanchard defeated Hogan in her first match on Impact. On Slammiversary... 16. 16. I'm sorry, my Roman numerals. <laughs> it took me a second. Thank you, my dear. You're welcome. Slammiversary 16. Another sick yeah, name, good. by the way. Yeah. Um, um, Blanchard scored her first pay-per-view win when she defeated Allie. I'm surprised though it took her. I feel like she had this this career, 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 and this was her first pay-per-view win. Yeah, well, it's her first contract with a. It's her first real contract with a major promotion, also. Mm-hmm, that's true. So you know, you know, Impact is 
you know, it's not major like we think WWE major, but it's still they have TV, so mm-hmm. and they have pay per views. Uh, by the way, Kyrie Hogan, no relation to the Hulkster. <laughs> Just in case, thanks for making that distinction. Yes. Uh, so on January sixth at Impact Wrestling Homecoming, Blanchard, Blanchard lost the championship to Valkyrie after special guest referee Gail Kim, whom she attacked during the match, performed Eat Defeat. Best name for a finishing move ever. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Explain why. So it's like a triple, I don't know what you call it. Triple pun. Triple pun, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like, it's basically a modified kick. Gail Kim's husband. Oh yeah, so the number one, yeah. Gail Kim's husband is um, Robert Irvine, um, who is a celebrity chef and he does the, not Bar Rescue. What the hell is that show? Shit. Ah, fuck. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, celebrity chef. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so eat, defeat. It's eat, eat defeat. like. But she's also chef. kicking too. She's also kicking. So her opponent is eating her f- defeat. Her foot. <laughs> <laughs> but then they also have to eat the defeat because they're probably going to be beat after eating <laughs> defeat. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, boy. So That's for the awesome. two listeners, we have yeah. after that. Um, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so ending Blanchard's reign. Uh, Blanchard's reign, when she lost to Valkyrie after eating defeat, <laughs> uh, was ended at 147 days. So after she failed to regain the title from Valkyrie in a street fight, Blanchard started a feud with Gail Kim as both women attacked each other inside and outside the ring, including, you mentioned it before, Mm -hmm. at the restaurant of Kim's Kim's husband, uh, which led to the announcement of a match between the two at Impact Wrestling Rebellion on April 28th, where Blanchard defeated Kim in what was officially Gail Kim's retirement match. And it was incredible. Unbelievable. And for Gail Kim being out of the ring for so long, I couldn't believe how much... She brought it, believe me. I, I could have sworn she broke her neck at the at the end there where she goes from the little stage thingy and she... Oh, and she does the, the slam off the yeah. stage on the floor, Oof, yeah. Oh, my God. And another one you can go Google and watch, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Slammiversary 17, Blanchard faced Sammy Callahan, a man, and while Blanchard lost to Callahan, this was the first intergender wrestling match to main event an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. And it was awesome. awesome. But... Tessa's kind of known for this intergender mash thing, and we watched a couple. She can take those hits, man. She takes, she takes some, some fucking bumps from these guys that are four times Men. her size. Yep. And it's not even like, okay, let's put her against this cool, respected dude, but, you know, he's skinnier. No. They're Sam- like juice heads, man. Like Sammy gorillas. Sammy Callahan is a big-ass dude. And the other guy, what was his name? Brian Cage. Yeah. Big-ass dudes, man. Big-ass dudes. But... I mean, we mentioned this briefly in the Trish episode where we're mm-hmm. talking about Lita yeah. taking bumps from the men. Yes. That was nothing yeah. compared to this. And I had no idea. Like, I know Tessa, but I had no idea that um, she took the bumps that she did in these matches. Mad respect for her mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, so Blanche remained invented the August 2nd Impact plus monthly specials Unbreakable where she lost again to Callahan. So she had two matches with Callahan. Uh, lost both times. On March 18, 2019, it was announced by Conan that Blanchard had left the crash Lucha Libre and joined Triple A Lucha Libre. <laughs> Very good, honey. <laughs> she, <laughs> she will also be appearing at the show at Madison Square Garden on September 15th of this year. Back on May 18th, 
Blanchard made her debut in Triple A, teaming with La Hiedra. La Hiedra. Who defeated Fabi Apache and Triple A Reina de Reinas champion. Reina de Reinas, honey. Lady Shania. I'm sorry. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's a good attempt, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Another great accomplishment here. On August 3rd at Triple Mania uh, 27, Blanchard defeated Ayoka Hamada, Cheek Tormenta, and Fabi Apache La Hiedra. Lady Shani and Taya in a tables, ladders, and chairs match to win the Triple A Reina de Reinas Championship. It's not an Enya, it's Reina. <laughs> Christmas. Thus becoming the second <laughs> foreigner and first American to win the championship. That's a big deal. We can sit here and go on and on and on. This girl has done so much at age 24. 24 without being in a real major promotion. Yeah. I mean you can you can count impact as a major promotion but mm-hmm. in in the reality of it it's not that major. It's not. I mean it gets TV and like I said pay-per-views but at the end of the day, you know, her cup of coffee with NXT notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. So it, it's absolutely astonishing how much this woman has already accomplished at the tender age of 24, mm-hmm. which is super young. Yeah. to have accomplished this much in this business. Um and quite frankly, and I don't know, I think Jen might disagree with me on this. Okay. Um, but I consider her one of the best wrestlers in the world, man or woman, mm-hmm. day or night, mm-hmm. night or day. I've seen enough of her to know this, um, and just everything is flawless. I mean, from the look to the character, yeah, uh, she has it in her blood. Um, there are no mistakes in her matches. She gives four or five star matches every time she's out there, whether it's against men or against women. And I just think that when we talk about in the conversation of best wrestler in the world, there are names that always get thrown out there. The Omegas, the Okadas, uh, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. You got to start putting her in that conversation. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I'm going to sway on the side of, of agreeing with you. Um, I would like to, how can I put this? I feel like as a wrestling fan, I'm still learning more and more about the women of today, the women that are corner, cornerstones. Thank you. (laughs) Cornerstones, (laughs) um, who helped shape. Um, what it is today and it's it's a it's a market that you know the sky's the limit the women are doing the things that the men are doing um so i don't want to say yes she is the best but i'm gonna say she's definitely she's up there she's she's definitely one of the best that i've i've been you know seeing that i've seen in the past seen recently i just want to know why is she not more well known i don't know and it's that's what bothers me too and I would love. I'm every time I watch her, I can picture her at a major WWE pay per view like WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah, and I salivate at that fact. Absolutely. So it's just, you know, it's incredible. I mean, there's still time, obviously. Salivating not because she's hot, but she is. No, but she's an attractive woman, but but just the thought of, of her wrestling, exactly. some of the talent we have here, and on a larger stage, so the world can see mm-hmm. her and what she has to bring. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, hardcore wrestling fans know who she is. I yeah, mean, like the really guys that follow everything. Um, you know, I consider myself to be a moderately, uh, still a moderate wrestling fan. I mean, I don't follow all the indies. I know the names. I know her. 
But at the same time, it's just... And I, like I said, there's a lot of time left. She's still very, very young. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could still go six or seven years by the time she's 31, 32. She could sign with a major promotion, WWE That's or AEW. Yeah. And she'd still be in her prime. Mm-hmm. She hasn't even reached her prime yet, which is what is crazy. So many accolades at this point. So many she's accolades. So, so, so much talent. And you would still call her kind of wet behind the ears because mm-hmm. she's so young. Yeah. She's so young. And very few have done so much at such a young age already. And uh, we thought it would be... And we might cover her again in the future. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the story is still being written on her. So we could visit her again for part two. Um, because I think that the best is still yet to come. I agree. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. Is that it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Man, I always get... We have so much fun doing this. And when we get to the end of the topic, it's like... I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah? Yeah. You're sad that we're done? I'm sad that we're done. Yeah, that we have to wait another couple of weeks to record another well, one. Well, why, why don't we tell our, our listeners what we're going to be doing next? Oh. Ah, do we even know what we're doing next? Is there someone that you wanted to do? Let's talk about it now. Let, let's, let's discuss. Is there someone that I want to do? Mm-hmm. There are so many. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could do, like, there are many. Moolah. Oh my gosh, Moolah's story is crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, next we're doing Moolah. Okay. <laughs> that could be a multi-part episode, Yeah, actually. that might, might So maybe we be. have to cut that up into two separate sections. The not-so-fabulous Moolah. Yeah, yeah, the not-so-fabulous Moolah. Mm-hmm. All right, I love it. So, stay tuned. So, stay you have something tuned. to look forward okay, to, Okay, there we go. Happy yeah. again? Happy I'm faces. Happy. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, as always, an amazing discussion. <laughs> yes. Uh, both of us love doing this mm-hmm. and join us next time for and we hope actually we hope that you enjoy listening to us yeah that's important mm-hmm. you guys are important but join us next time for a brand new episode of wrestling with respect uh where as we said we will be spotlighting the fabulous or mm-hmm. not so not fabulous, so fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you can find us on instagram at wrestling with respect and at spirit of rock pod which is also the home of the metal rock whiskey podcast the Pretty Good for a Girl podcast, and the Love on the Rocks podcast. You can find me individually on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. There you go. Jenny, where can they find you and your delightful face? You can find me and my face on Instagram at rumderwoman 247 couple shout-outs as always. Yes. Got to give a shout-out to Bullets Fall for letting us use their unbelievable theme song, I Stand Tall. Uh, shout out to Keith from at Keith's Artwork on Instagram for our badass logo mm-hmm. that you see in the thumbnail. Uh, and shout out, of course, to the great, the grand uh, Spirit of Rock Podcast Network for giving us the platform to do what we love and to put this out to you. And uh, a little something for everybody on that network. So go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just listening to us for the first time, go check out the other shows. Go do it now. You won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Awesome. So that was a lot of fun. And until next time, girls and boys, we are tapping out. Later. <laughs>